Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Hey everybody, BJ Kramer here. I am really excited for our next guest. We are continuing our um, our honoring of veterans that have transitioned from what I would call the DOD to the AEC, Department of Defense, or in this case, Department of Transportation and Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we've got a Coastie joining us. Uh, but what I'm most excited about here is we we do a I think a pretty good job of as as a whole and as a community in the AEC serving the junior military officers and the senior officers. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity we could be serving our junior enlisted ranks. Uh, so today's guest is a very very good friend, um, but also an, an unbelievable example of somebody who transitioned from. Uh, being a junior enlistment to a career trajectory that you'll get to hear about, uh, but is currently the vice president of operations for the New Orleans Convention Center, uh, but has held roles at the Georgia Dome, uh, was the executive in charge of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, and he is the guy that when something goes wrong, which hopefully it doesn't, but when something goes wrong, such as the Georgia Dome uh, crisis at the Super Bowl a couple of years back, uh, the blackout, he's the guy that's having heart attack. Uh, luckily, he's never had that, but we'll get to talk about, you know, the the VP of operations in a in a mega hospitality or event space. Uh, so join me in welcoming the show, Adam Straight. Adam, so good to see you. So good to see you, my friend. I got to uh, correct you, though, uh, that that Super Bowl snafu happened in New Orleans. not at the Oh, Georgia that's Dome. right. I said Georgia Dome. <laughs> right, right, right. You're Super right. Dome. Super Dome. But I felt for every single one of them, and we still we <laughs> talk about those uh, that night uh, to this day. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. So. Um, so I'm excited to jump in. We start every show giving a little bit of a of a background and career path, where you came from, how you ended up, you know, what you do in the DoD or or in your case the Coast Guard, and then a little bit about your transition story and your career trajectory since then. I'm going to put all cards on the table. Adam and I go back uh, maybe 15, 16 years. Uh, he is a very, very close friend of mine. Uh, I have the honor of being his son's godfather. Uh, so this is this is a continuation of uh, a thousand conversations we've had on uh, many occasions over many drinks. Uh, so I think it's going to be a great show. So with that, uh, as far back as you want to go, that that impacted you going into the Coast Guard originally, and then and then the transition from there. Sure. Uh, again, thanks for thanks for having me. It's great to see you, and great to continue our our conversation that uh, um, that is perpetual. So I look forward to it. Um, I guess it all started back in the early part of 1977 when my mom and dad had a vision of creating something superior. Um, and then that didn't happen. So they had me. Um, so I won't go back that far. Um, I, I'm from a small town in, in West Virginia, uh, originally, um, loved it there. It was, uh, you never forget where you come from and those are my roots. Um, 
but when I hit 18, I couldn't get out soon enough. Uh, not that it was a bad place. I just, I just knew that there was something more out there. And uh, as, as I talk to you today, uh, that'll be a common theme. There's, there's something more. And mm -hmm. I'm, never, I'm never afraid to, to chase that, that more. Um, so I got out. Um, I joined the uh, military, the uh, Department of Transportation at that time. I don't think I ever had the honor of serving under the uh, Department of Homeland Security because I, uh, well, actively because uh, I got out in 2000. Um, but uh, so joined the uh, joined the Coast Guard. I actually had to recruit myself um, because a kid from small town West Virginia, you, you only get the top four, right? Army, Navy, Air Force, <laughs> Marines. Um, I actually had to to call the recruiter in in Pittsburgh, about an hour, hour and a half away, uh, north, uh, and um, ask them about it and you know kind of um you know research it myself so i was uh, i was a pretty easy find I, I i should i should go after their commission at some point <laughs> um but uh so got out when i was 18 um got out of west virginia that was um you know went to basic i had no idea what to expect um a funny story you know and it, it, it's you also probably start to link things together as my my story progresses but um bj knows that i'm a i'm a hot sauce guy i could everything <laughs> needs hot sauce on it and typically when you go to boot camp at age 18 you, you don't know what to expect and, and you're worried about um you know uh what it's going to be like and how you're going to how you're going to make it through i was really yes i had those concerns but i was really concerned about how i was going to eat that food without hot sauce uh, <laughs> I, I honestly was. So the first time we hit the the, the galley, um, the mess hall, I saw a bottle of hot sauce on the table with the green top. And come to find out, that's crystal hot sauce from New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh. today, the irony of that. Uh, anyway, the hot sauce made me uh, help me through boot camp. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, um, probably the best uh, decision of my life. Uh, for many reasons, uh, was to was to go and search out for something um, something more, uh, something uh, opportunity, um, um, you know, amazing opportunity, and you know it can guide you wherever you really want want to go. Um, you create that path for yourself. But um, so I spent five years active in in the Coast Guard, and then four years uh, in active reserve. Uh, in, in Virginia Beach, um, um, my five years in the Coast Guard, I mean, it, it ranged from, uh, I spent two years stationed uh, in the Virginia Beach area, Yorktown, um, Little Creek, and then three years in Key West with uh, some solid solid duty there. Yeah, tough, uh, tough action. Yeah, when, uh, when I was in the military, the, uh, the Coast Guard was so small, um, I don't know if it's the, well, it probably is, unfortunately, the, the the same uh, fact today that uh, there's more people in the NYPD than there is in the entire Coast Guard. Um, so that meant you got to do a lot of things, a lot of different things. Um, so when I was waiting for school, um, uh, we had a we had a program called striking, and I know um, your brother and sister are probably familiar with that. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think it it exists today because I have a nephew in the in the Coast Guard out in California. Um, and basically, what that is is on-the-job training. So um, it, 
the, the Coast Guard being so small, they allowed you to do a number of things. Unlike the, the Army or Navy, you go to A school and that's it. That's your thing. That's, that's, that's the only thing you're focused on. And that's, that's, that's what you're going to do forever, how long you're, um, you're, you're enlisted. So, but I got to do a lot. Um, I got to do boarding patrol, search and rescue. I got to do um, a, a number of things. But what I, what I latched on to my first station was uh, the, the chief and I had a, a very good relationship and he was the chief electrician. So I said, you know, if I'm going to get anything, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get a trade out of this. And um, I, I grabbed onto him and said, teach me everything you know. And um, from that point on, I, you know, I, I learned that skill. I, I went on to do other things in the Coast Guard. It was a short career, but um, it was very, very meaningful for me in, in a number of ways and uh, helped me um, get to um, where I am today, not only from a, um, just having that as my, on my resume as a background, but from a, from a mindset point of view. Um, so, so, so talk to us a little bit. You, you come out of the Coast Guard. As you're getting out, you, you are smart enough uh, or thoughtful enough about, you know, hey, give me a trade. I got to have something I take with me. How did you start searching for where to apply that skill and, and where did you land? Sure. So um, regionally, I kind of wanted to stay uh, in, the, in the Northeast or, or, or by home. Um, uh, because at that point, I'm still, you know, 23 years old, uh, still have friends, I want to be close to family. Um, so I was, uh, I was in a relationship with a girl um, when I got out, and she lived in, in Maryland. Um, so Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia area. So I kind of just, you know, focused right in, uh, laser focused on, on that area, given it a large metropolitan area, a lot of opportunity. Um, but you know, a three and a half, four hour drive from, from friends and family. So um, I moved back home for a very, very short time and then, you know, applied uh, in places uh, around the, um, the, the, I guess, the Delmarva area. Um, places from Brink Security, from, um, you know, construction electrician, from, um, building bathrooms, I mean, electrician to, to, to build bathrooms, just whatever I could use the skill that I had, um, really the only trade that, that I had. So um, I really put my, my eggs in one basket there, but uh, uh, I did that work for a while. I did construction work and I did whatever I needed to because um, I was going back and forth from West Virginia to, to, uh, to DC area about three times a week driving, you know, uh, making day trips for interviews and d doing whatever I needed to do um, just to, to get work. Um, but I finally landed um, in, in Maryland and um, I worked for a small bathroom company um, for about six months, um, learned another trade there, learned some carpentry work, learned some tile skills. And um, I, it just became a sponge of um, just like I did in the Coast Guard, um, whatever, whatever's, whatever I'm willing to, or whatever, or whoever's willing to teach me, I'm willing to learn. Um, so did that for a little bit. Um, I finally got a lead at the University of Maryland in their electrical shop uh, at their College Park campus. Uh, interviewed for that, um, got the job as an entry level electrician, bottom of the, bottom of the rung. Um, and the, the funny story about how I got into the business that I am today, I was sitting there about two weeks in, 
and this is right around 2000, 2001, uh, when Maryland was really good at both football and basketball. And uh, my boss at the time, he goes, hey, do you like, do you like sports? And I said, well, you know, yeah, I like sports. It's great, especially, you know, collegiate sports. Um, he goes, okay, well, do you, do you like overtime? I'm like, even better. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> You know, I'm 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 there for one reason. It's to make a lot of money, to do a lot of work, and to learn a lot of things, uh, and to go to night school. Uh, you know, all top to you know, on top of that. Um, so those were the two the, the the two things that got me in this business because at that point, all the athletic um, um, events use the university uh, on a work order system to support their events. So again. I didn't know anything about setting up press conferences. I didn't know anything about setting up scoreboards. I didn't know anything about doing the, the, the entertainment, sports entertainment business. But I said yes, and I was willing to learn and, again, be a sponge. And did that for a while, became the only one that did that. My boss and I, we were the, you know, the, the dynamic duo that would, would you know, hook up a men's basketball game at Cole Fieldhouse and then a football game the next day, and then a field hockey game, then a softball game. We used to say, uh, or at least I used to say, uh, Maryland had 27 sports and one atom. Um, <laughs> and that was, I was going back and forth and, you know, um, you know, supporting those events. But again, it was, it, it, it was, it was important um, to be that guy and to be that person that people relied on and to know those skills and to, um, you know, you know, to sharpen those skills throughout the, throughout the time that I was there. I spent 11 years there. Um, uh, again, from electrician one level all the way to uh, director of, of all of their athletic facilities. So, um, you know, if you want to put, you want to put that on a, on a progression track, um, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty unique story. Um, but that tells you that uh, it is possible and it's possible with, with hard work um, uh, open mind and, you know, just the, uh, just the, the willingness to, to learn and sponge. So I, I want to highlight some things there because one, it was, it was basically, you took the opportunity when it knocked and then every opportunity that you got, when it was offered to you, you took it, you, you learn from it. Yeah. You made some overtime money, but you were just in the hustle, uh, absorbing and in doing that, moving up the ladder at a pretty young age, um, despite having spent some time in in the military you you know you took the the school of hard knocks there in that you know junior electrician position and culminated as you know basically senior staff in the facility side of the athletic department and then talk to us from there you go to georgia world congress center uh roles responsibilities at georgia world congress center yeah. So um, again, everything happens for a reason. Um, in all of my positions that I've held, I say all of them. I've really only worked for three companies, um, <laughs> but um, but a long tenure with with those three. Driving to work one day from from Baltimore, and uh, again, I'd been there eleven years, and um, it, it was about time. You know, I wasn't being challenged like I'd like to be challenged um, by my by my leader. Um, just kind of let me let me run the ship and that's good on, on one hand, but that's, that, that can be a bad thing on the other because, uh, you know, personality like me, I, I, I like to, I like to keep improving and keep being challenged and uh, never be comfortable. So I was driving into work one day and, 
um, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. There was traffic. And, uh, and I, I put some applications out there previously for like four or five, six months. Um, but I said to myself, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to go to work today. I'm just going to go, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go home and I'm taking it. I'm going to take an Adam day. Um, and that's the autonomy that I had, right? Uh, which again was, was the problem. It's, you know, it, it was, it was my decision to make. It wasn't necessarily anyone else's. And I don't like that. It makes me, it makes me kind of comfortable, but uncomfortably comfortable. Um, but I did, I got off, I turned around. I, I, I swear to you, you know, five minutes later, I got a call from a recruiter that read my application for the Georgia Dome in that very moment and said, Hey, we'd like to invite you down for an interview. And I'm like, what, what is going on? <laughs> what, what are you, what are you doing up there? Good Lord. Um, so took that, um, ended up getting the position. Um, what brought me to Georgia was, uh, to run the day-to-day operations, the director of facility operations at the Georgia Dome, um, was a huge step up in, in, in my career. It was one venue at that, at that point, And I was in charge of a lot, you know, in charge of a campus, a campus structure, uh, within higher education. But, um, the, uh, the brevity of, of the dome was just, you know, expansive and it was, it was world-class. It was, it was the NFL. It was much, uh, much bigger and, and brighter events. So I could not, not take it. Um, so went to Georgia, um, <laughs> got the got the offer of the Georgia Dome um, the day after my wife passed the Maryland bar. So that was a whole other, <laughs> whole other you've heard that Side, story many Sideshow, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I just told her I'm just making her more marketable because she ended up taking the Georgia bar and she passed that as well. Um, uh, so uh, ended up in Georgia and um, really just kind of dove in, dove in there. Did I ever expect to run a large stadium facility of, of that magnitude? It was always a goal of mine. Um, did I know how? I don't know, but I didn't say no, right? Yeah. And that's that's my point. It's I'm the willingness, and it, it's always you'll never hear me say no. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not I'm not willing to learn to do that um, because that's how you that's how you get places about it's about what you know who you know and 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 how you know it um so um went there just eyes wide open um again sponging um developed a pretty good uh, leadership role within within that organization um did the georgia dome for a few years we decided to build the mercedes-benz stadium um literally 10 foot six inches away from um the the georgia dome while we were operating it um and and my my leadership put me as the executive in charge uh and owner's representative for that project again have ever been a uh, an executive charge or an owner's <laughs> I, I remember i remember when you got the project yeah exactly um but but i'm not there to say no i'm i'm, I'm saying yes i'll take that on i'll take that responsibility um learned a lot of things um a, a great a great deal of things within that project. Um, a couple of them, I, I learned how not to be a, a good owner's rep- representative. Um, uh, but I, then I learned how to be a, a great owner's representative that uh, has, uh, has serviced me well uh, in, the, in the roles that I've, I've taken after that. 
Um, I, I, I want to point that out. So how not to be, I mean, I've, I think we get this highlighted a lot in the military. Like you can, you can learn as much from the bad leaders as you can from the good leaders. Uh, and then from both a leadership standpoint and a followership standpoint, allowing people to take risks and allowing people to, to be uncomfortable, to grow and to, to make mistakes and, and fail a little bit, because that's what, how we all learn, right? You have to be, right. so it, it's, it's a great leadership lesson, but it's also a great um, individual growth lesson in, you know, you have to be willing to take those risks. You have to be in an organization that makes it uh, maybe not comfortable to fail, but, but not, uh, not crucify you if you fail or make mistakes. Um, So you, that career culminates or or that uh, stint culminates with what in Georgia? As was the executive in charge of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, your your last official role? No, no. So um, so that grew into um, I was offered a job with the Falcons to to run the day to day at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, did a lot of soul searching. Did a lot of um, did a lot of thinking around that one. Um, decided not to go that route. Um, I was offered a position at the authority, Georgia World Congressman Authority, to stay with them um, after the demolition of the dome. Uh, that was my other project associated with the with the new build. So build the new and then um, tear down tear down the old. Um, but with that, they made me the um, again another project executive of creating a project and program management division. Uh, our first ever um, project management um, division within the authority. Everything used to be controlled by the engineering department and, you know, kind of one-off uh, project managers uh, here and there. Um, so to really, to, to, to really focus on the need for a, uh, a, a single department to handle all the big projects that we were undertaking at that, at that point, it was um, uh, not only the, the build, which was, um, you know, pretty much a singular project for the authority it was me and reporting back to leadership we had a lot of uh parking decks going up we had uh talks of a hotel we had a lot of interior you know renovations going on so some some group to lead all those functions so i created that um from the ground up um then another opportunity came to lead the uh the entire uh, operation for the uh, for the Congress Center Authority, so the whole campus, which included the Convention Center, which is the third largest convention center in the country, um, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, still being that liaison, because um, the the authority was the owner of that um, asset while the Falcons managed it, um, all the grounds associated around campus, and then Centennial Olympic Park. So uh, again, I, I, I jumped on that opportunity. Um, accepted that role as senior director of, of campus operations. Um, did that for about two years, and then <laughs> again having another bad day uh, in the office. I think I think my feet were up up on the desk like this, and you know I was like this with my head. And I got a call from a recruiter I, that I had not put in a an application, and um, a recruiter uh, looking to see if I was interested in and you know in a next step in my career and uh it gave me two options this was one of them and i uh i said i you know what i think uh i think i might be um i might be willing to pursue that so, so here that bring that brings you to today and what all 
falls under your responsibility? What do you have going on? A, a quick little fun fact. I think, uh, you know, I was, at your, I was in your kitchen the night I declined this opportunity <laughs> <laughs> for the first time. Um, so again, I did a lot of soul searching, um, and, and, you know, Allison and I, you know, things, you, things are just Adam's decision at that point. Like they were earlier in my career of, yes, I'll go do that. I'll go chase that. I'll go do that. Whatever it takes. Uh, it takes a lot more, um, feedback and, um, you know, a lot more you know, conversations around, you know, how that's going to affect us uh, moving forward. So anyway, um, my, uh, roles and responsibilities. So, um, VP of Ops, Chief Operating Officer, uh, number two in charge. We have a president in our structure, uh, and then um, three in the C-suite. So uh, I'm uh, at the C-suite. Uh, I oversee, um, God, uh, I think nine or ten departments: emergency management, capital projects, facility operations, event operations, food and beverage, sustainability, um, facility management. Uh, public safety. Um, I might be missing a couple, um, but about 350 total uh, under under my responsibility uh, on a day to day. Uh, certainly on an event that that gets into the thousands. Um, but oversee all um, event activity in the building. Oversee all um, facility maintenance and all capital improvements. Um, in charge of currently in charge of the 557 million dollar. Um, investment we're making in our facility um, inside and out. Uh, and then the, um, the over billion dollar uh, master development plan that we have uh, in what we're calling the upriver uh, side of our, uh, of our grounds, of our campus. So we're going to save that project uh, because that sounds like an inspiring place of over $1.5 billion investment in the, in the entire campus, if you will. Uh, we'll save that for maybe its own episode because New Orleans has a lot to share. And we had a, uh, we recently had Richmond highlighted and all the secret treasures in Richmond. So nice. I'm going to move to kind of a, a leadership. I mean, you hit on a number of lessons learned and themes, but you know, what I really want you to hit on is what did you learn as, as an enlisted, uh, person and that you have taken with you and the opportunities that you've seen in this industry. And, and I say the industry architect, engineering, construction industry, but then inside of that, you have entertainment and sports, which I think from the outside looking in, everybody looks as is fun and sexy. I've seen the hard side of that, which is uh, every night game that you're at and every Saturday game that you're at and Sunday games. Um, so I know that there's, you know, pluses and minuses to, to all sides, uh, but leadership lessons or, or lessons learned in, in the uh, enlisted experience that you've applied through your career? Yeah, you know, as cliche as it might sound, it, it, it all goes back to the core values. And those are what, that's what's instilled in you in day one. And those core values in, in the Coast Guard are honor, respect, devotion to duty. And that has really stuck with me uh, from the moment I saw it, because that's that's why that's why I enlisted um, to to get some of that to get some of that embodied into me, um, so I could use that energy um, elsewhere. Right. So um, the honor. Um, if if you're if you're in my crew, um, you're you're never getting out. 
because, you know, I honor that and, you know, um, I cherish that and, you know, I take that very, very seriously um, and uh, honorable in everything that I do because I know that what I do touches so many other people um, and, and places. Um, so it's, it's really a combination of, of, of that, the respect I have for others, the respect I have for my team, our staff members, um, I'm a servant leader. Uh, I, I truly am. I, I tell this to, to all my um, my folks that uh, that are new to the industry, and you know when we have a uh, when we have a, a company wide function, uh, I I truly am here for them. So my my entire role, and I don't know when I discovered this. Um, certainly wasn't you know the first night in, in boot camp, but uh, <laughs> as my career as my career progressed, it was you know, what is my function in life? What, what am I here? What is my purpose? Why am I here on earth? And what I found was I enjoy seeing the best person or human that others can be. And I enjoy making them the best possible version of themselves. So when, when I, when I'm in front of, you know, a, a director or when I'm in front of a custodian or when I'm in front of an electrician, um, I'm always asking them, what can I do to help you? Um, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Because if you, if you remember, that, that question was asked of me, and that's how I got into the place that I am. So I never want to lose sight of all it takes is conversation to change someone's life, right? So it's understanding them and understanding where you can fit in and you know how how best um, motivated um, that makes you, or how best motivated you can make them, and um, and whatever they want to do. So um, that's really the, the devotion of duty, devotion to duty side of it. I'm devoted to everyone that I really come in contact with, um, that I have the uh, honor to to lead. I think that's awesome. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. Easier, maybe maybe not. Um, more of a Q&A now, uh, starting with favorite quote. Oh man, I got a bunch of quotes. Here's one that I'm pretty sure that I that I quoted, um, and I just wrote it down the other day. Uh, and it it speaks to our, our conversation. And then I'll share the other two because they're good too. Um, it's not what you were taught; it's what you have learned. And that just goes to our conversation of um, you get an opportunity, and someone's teaching you how to do something that doesn't mean anything if you don't want to learn it mm. if you don't want to if you don't want to put the time in to understand what you're being taught to learn it then it doesn't mean anything right um this one's good um this kind of speaks to the world today uh, unfortunately uh, good times create weak people weak people yeah. create bad thing times bad times create strong people strong people create good times so Hopefully um, we're on the um, the upswing of that, um, and we can um, get some strong people to uh, to to create some good times. I uh, uh, 
I I'll, I'll, go ahead. You have one more. I got I another one. All right. I wanted to comment on that. I I think that quote is you know when you look at society at large, you can you can become uh, I don't know a little pessimistic about where where we may be. But I think when you're a leader inside of an organization and you own roles and responsibilities that can influence, you know, you get to change that. And and I, right. the first time I heard that quote, I'm like, oh, where are we going as a country? Blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. I'm like, wait, I can't control that. I can control what, you know, control the controllables. What's my blast radius around me as a leader, whether that's as a husband, father, business person. Um, and that made me more introspective not as to what are the leaders doing out there, but what am I doing as a leader in here? Um, yeah, the pandemic taught taught us all a lot. It taught it taught us as an organization a lot. We were actually one of the um, few companies, at least in my industry, um, to not lay off a single person uh, through the pandemic. We we paid everyone. Um, That's awesome. Throughout that time, we didn't have any events. We didn't have any business coming in. We were a hospital for the state, um, and then we were a mass vaccination site. Um, once those were available, but um, it it created something special within our group that um, that we're seeing the fruits of that that labor now. It's it's the it's the honor to the company. It's the respect of of leadership, and it's and it, that continues to the devotion of of their duties. Yeah, um, absolutely, so kind of you know twofold there. Um, so the last one, it's a it's a it's a local quote, little Louis Armstrong. Um, if lots, if lots more of us loved each other, then we'd solve lots more problems. And then man, this world would be a gasser. <laughs> so that really speaks to kind of what we're going through too. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's all about loving each other and, um, treating each other with respect. And I, I just wish there was a lot more of that out there. Amen. Uh, must read book. You know, I don't know. Um, I got a lot of books. I got a lot of books over here. Um, but you know, I got one yesterday. Um, I was at a summit, um, a local summit for construction um, and engineering. It was a, it was a core customer um, summit. One of our, one of my clients now on, on the renovation brought me in to give the perspective of, uh, of the customer and what the expectations should be. So, um, I haven't, I, I just kind of opened it up last night, but it's called the uh, six, six, six types of working genius. You familiar? Patrick Lencioni. I just downloaded it. I, I can't make the recommendation yet. I just downloaded it on Audible. I'm like two chapters in. Nice, uh, nice. And it, we'll yeah, have to get better notes the, afterwards. The six geniuses. Um, so I'm, um, I'm excited to, to read so that one. And because you brought it up uh, in, in kind of the navigation, the call of leadership, what I, what I, the, the reason I was interested in the book was um, I've always paid attention to personality profiles and Colby tests and strength finders and, and been reflective of my strengths and, and also been curious about like how do other people perform in different roles and responsibilities. But it really comes down to there's all sorts of different geniuses inside of our organizations and us as leaders, our job is to tap into that and to help others become the best version of themselves uh, right. back to that leadership coaching mindset. So uh, we'll have to compare notes and, and I'll probably make that recommendation on our blog here you after know, I, we finish it. 
you know, that's that's one of the lessons I give um, to to my directors. I have about ten directors that report um, to me, and you know, whether it's in conversation or whether it's in you know evaluations or, or whatever, um, it, it's all about the personalities, right? You think you think all ten of my directors are the same? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's never going to happen. So what I tell them is, you know, find their love language. Everyone everyone has a love language, right? Everyone loves. Everyone likes to be spoken to a certain way. Um, so you find that language. That's that's the way that you treat those people. And that's their really, that's, I guess, that's what I'm going to find out. But that's probably their inner genius. So th- there's another one. Five, five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Gary Chapman, who wrote five love languages, uh, you know, in marriage. But he, he wrote one applying it to the workplace. Um, so... We'll make that recommendation out to everybody um, because I agree. Uh, leadership's a relationship. And unless you can speak somebody else's love language and really understand what makes them tick, uh, yep. pretty difficult to build the relationship. Yep. All right. I'm really curious on this one. Dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be and what would you do? Oh, man. So the the ultimate would be, of course, um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and to be able to walk a path with with him and just to understand, you, you know, I, I call myself a sponge. How could we not sponge off of that guy, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, I don't make, I don't want to make this religious, but uh, I mean, he's the creator and, you know, everything that we, that we can learn and, and have learned. And um, the reason we're here, it's, I mean, if you don't choose him, um, I don't know. Um, so another one would probably be George Washington. Um, and I say that because a lot of the things politically now, uh, and I, I'm not making, man, I'm talking about the two worst things you can talk about, religion and politics. <laughs> um, You're in a uh, safe space. Yeah. We're, but, we're, uh, on the, we're on the deck. You know, with what we're going through now and, and, and all the, the variations of what our founding fathers may have meant or didn't mean or did mean, you know, I, I'd really like to understand from the source, you know, what, what was the vision? What yeah. was the vision of, of, of 200 years from, from then? Um, so yeah, George Washington's one of them. Um, man, I don't know the third one. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, maybe I'd say my grandpa, cause I never met him mm. and I never had a grandpa growing up. And, you know, I see, I see Allison with her grandpa and I see my kids with their grandpa and just to have that, that person in your life, um, seems really, really special to me. Yeah. And I know you, you got it going, man. You got the, one of the largest families I've ever seen. <laughs> at that. But, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe just to experience a grandpa just for even one day. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, all right, last one. Legacy. What do you want on your tombstone? How do you want to be remembered? Adam Strait. I mean, I don't want to say a, a influential or good leader or anything like that, but and I don't want to be known for a, a, a one thing. So I guess it would write, um, Adam Strait was there for you. Mm-hmm. And you meaning whatever, whatever, yeah. whoever, it's just, 
I mean, that's, again, I don't want to harp on it, but that that's my calling. It's, it's to, to make people better. And that's what I enjoy to do. So speaking of making people better, uh, you get to close us out with, with anything you want to share, but I, I really, my hope is that this, this reaches some junior enlisted that are, you know, contemplating their next step and figuring out what's, what else is out there in the world. Um, so I, I would love your message to be directed at the, uh, you know, 21 year old or 22 year old or, or 25 year old junior enlisted Adam straight and, and his peers, uh, about, you know, your message to them. Sure. I'll first lead off by by kind of telling you something. Um, you're exhausting, and in the best way possible. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, BJ, but you're an inspiration. Um, you have so many balls in the air, and you 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 knock it out of the park with with each and every one of them. So, thank you for being you. Thank you for being a friend. Um, certainly, thank you for being Silas's godfather. Uh, it's a, pleasure to to know you and that and you know we'll we'll have those beers um and cheers soon at another soon. time but um so what i would say what i would say to to any of those folks that you know they're in in early 20s or you know it doesn't really matter what age you are it uh you know wherever you're at in your career if you're if you're entry level or if you're looking for something else um it's never to say no it's if you get an opportunity take it um if you don't know how to do it, learn it. Um, um, learn it on the job. Learn it. Um, I, I I hate to say uh, fake it till you make it, uh, and that's, that's certainly not not the way to 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 approach it. But you know, I I, I subscribe to the seventy thirty rule. Um, if I'm seventy percent in, we're going for it. Um, it leave the thirty. Leave the thirty. You know. Um, off to the side there because it's never going to be it's never going to be perfect um so just a lot of hard work that's what i tell everyone i get i get a lot of uh, i'm a mentor to to some in the industry and you know over the past few years um that that mentorship uh, or the at least the mentees have changed dramatically um and you know that's generational absolutely and it's how do i get to be adam straight COO or vice president or whatever. And I start rolling down the, the list of, you know, things that you should, you should look out for and things that you should do. And they're like, well, no, like, how do I do that next year? I'm like, <laughs> like that's not, that's not how it works. And um, so it's a lot of hard work. It's never saying no, it's always willing to take a chance. It's uh, putting yourself out there, um, letting people um hold your hand along the way um you'll learn a lot of leadership skills that way i'll walk you to the ledge i'll never let you fall um yeah. but we all learn we all learn that way uh at least i learn that way the best um with uh with those types of situations and scenarios so um anyone searching um for that next step or that evolution in their career it really is just that easy it's that simple it's take a chance, do it. If you get an opportunity, say yes. Um, there's always something more, right? Uh, there's always something more. The, the you talking about that and and 
you know, I'm not somebody that's going to say there's laziness or there's every, every generation is called the next generation or, or whatever. There's, there's something missing. They don't, they're not as old school as we were, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but your, your comment made me think of a John Maxwell quote, and I don't know the whole thing off the top of my head, but it was basically somebody comes up to him after a, after speaking engagement. Uh, and they say, I want to do what you do. And he said, are you willing to do what I did? Uh, because if you don't do what I did, you can't do what I do. Um, and I, I do think that I have to remind myself that, or Natalie has to remind me often, don't be in a rush, right? Enjoy the journey and, and, and be present to, to take it all in and absorb and be the sponge. Uh, Adam, it was awesome having you. I I love uh, your experience. I love you as a role model. Um, and, and really think that a lot of people can benefit from this. So I'm going to, I'm going to close this out by saying this, um, everybody out there, you know, if, if you're former military and, 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 you know, whether you're general officer or no six or no three Oh four, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of our audience and our, our network and, and I'll call it the, the mafia, the engineering mafia in the army kind of looks out for each other, but I think we're doing a disservice to our junior enlisted. And I think we're missing a huge population of talented leaders that are core value aligned because like Adam talked about, uh, they went through the boot camp. They, 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 they got that, uh, whether they had it before or they got it through boot camp, uh, or their experience in the military, whether it's, it's the Coast Guard or, or the Army core values, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless, selfless service, honor, integrity, personal courage. It, they really are the same across DOD. And how great would our industry be if we brought those core values and unlock, unlocked that talent into our infrastructure, into our engineering community, into our construction community? And how much better are the cultures of our public and private organizations with those core values leading them? So... I encourage you to to reach out, go mentor a junior enlisted that's trying to get out, share this, share this uh, podcast with them if you think they can get value and, and maybe it's just the first seed planted for them considering a career in our industry that we know uh, has a labor gap. Uh, and, and if we're going to rebuild our country's infrastructure, uh, we're going to continue to maintain our, our infrastructure and, and our communities. Um, we need that talent. So uh, take this as a call to action. Reach out to a junior enlisted that's, uh, that, that you think might be a worthy candidate for our industry. And if we can help them at MCFA, please put them in touch. So thank you. Thank you, Adam. And until next time, everybody, have a great week and a great weekend. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.